So, as I have shared in the past, my uh, my sermons will not be as long as Dr. Stokes's. And even today's sermon, I um, have posted a little blurb on Facebook asking for some feedback, and I did get a little bit. Um, in my next sermons, I will also send out emails asking for feedback in preparation for what I will be talking about. So be aware that you may be getting stuff from me from time to time asking you, because my focus now in the next couple sermons will be living in the congregation of God and how we are to one another. So I'm going to focus today um, really quick on the parents, on raising the children, as we have so long, we have done in the past. For it is in Proverbs 22, 6, it says, Train up a child in the ways he should go, or she. Even when he or she is old, he will not depart from it. That's from the very beginning. I mean, that's to Steve and Katie. That's to every parent. We have to raise our children in that way. Yet, the other end of it is actually Third John, um, chapter 1, verse 4. I have no greater joy than this, to hear my children walking in the truth. We have over here the start, which Steve and Katie are starting. And over here we have the parents, the grandparents, seeing their children walk in the ways. There are a lot of grandparents. There are some grandparents here today that may have said, I'm very thankful. I wasn't sure if my kid was going to make it there. And my mom would probably be one of those. I'm probably here today on my grandparents' prayers and my parents' prayers as as well. So we have really the beginning and what we look forward to once our kids are raised. But there's a lot of in-between. What's that actually look like? Well, there's a lot of application in the scripture on how to raise a child. I'm not going to go over that today. My focus is more about how the congregation supports the parents and what that looks like. Because as you're aware, when you stand up, and I've, all, I've thought this through quite a bit, and I think it's because I'm a therapist, you guys all know, I break things down. And as a therapist, we all stand up. And that is a vow unto the Lord. As I said earlier, if you will support them will, and you will encourage them in the raising of their child, will you stand with me? And right there, you basically stood up and you made that vow and that commitment. Now, what do we do with those children that are very headstrong? Well, that's where we have to support one another. We have to encourage them. We get through it. There are books, and I love books, especially by other pastors and other people, because I recommend this book quite a bit, and I would recommend this to almost anybody that has a child, because in different ways, your children will have a strong will. It's interesting, Dr. Dobson, which I really do enjoy him from time to time, don't always agree with him, but he has a newer, stronger-willed child, which I think is just talking about the day in which we are living in. So, this is a book that I recommend, but our children are going to continue to grow and continue to need support, not just by the parents, but by each and every one of us. What do I mean by that? As our children grow... They go through phases and they go through stages. I happen to be walking by. Anybody know what these are? This is bark. 
simple and easy, right? But right now, trees, as they're growing and they're in their infant stages, what do they do? They shed more. They grow. And as they do that, they need to shed off their old skin as they grow the new piece. And as I was looking at this this week, I was reflecting and I thought, that's a pretty good analogy. Because they're all different, right? The different trees have different types of bark, one. But two, I started looking at this bark a little bit more and I noticed that there's impressions on this bark that's going to carry through the generations, carry through throughout their life. And I don't think it's just the parents that are there to support. It's other people in our congregation. It's the grandparents that will have the greatest influence on these children. We got to keep them from the world, right? We ha- they have to live in it, but how do we nurture them? How do we imprint these things, the Torah, the Gospels, God's Word onto their heart? Let's turn over one more verse before we get into the congregational piece. In Deuteronomy 6, and I know Pastor Mike and Bruce and all of us, we've all taught on this piece where it focuses on raising up a child in the way of the Lord. But the first thing I caught on to this time was in verse 6 of chapter 6 of Deuteronomy. It says, These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. How many times have I talked to you guys about it's a heart issue. The parents have to have it upon their heart. You have to be intentional in supporting the parents of raising of these children. I passed these out long before today about passing along a positive legacy or a struggling future. What are we imprinting on our children? Is it something positive? that they're going to carry on, that they're going to teach their their children? Are we impressing something negative that we don't want them to carry on, that we don't want them to struggle with? It's up to us, and it's up to each and every one of us because we have to be intentional as we support the parents. I need the support. There's times I can't stand to be around my children because they're acting so badly. And I just need to take that time away. And Kara says, go jog, go do whatever you need, right? And she does the same thing for me. But what do we do as congregational members? This is where we're going to have to have discussions. And they're not going to be easy discussions because we may all parent a little bit differently. But as a family, we have to have the larger discussion and not be concerned or afraid that somebody's going to be offended Professors can't even teach what they need to teach anymore because they may offend somebody. But the facts are the facts. We're God's people, and we've got to work through it as family. It goes on to say in verse 7, You shall teach them diligently to your son or daughter, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. How do you teach that? to your children if it's not imprinted on your heart. It's a heart thing. You can't possibly be that motivated to teach God's word if your heart isn't in the right place. You just can't. That's a lot of time. When you wake up, when you go by the way, when you lie down, and like I said, parents get tired. And we've got to be there as a congregation 
each individual person in this congregation has that responsibility to support that family. Maybe those parents need a movie night. Maybe they just need a weekend away. We need to be volunteering. And what the great thing is, I hear people doing that here. So let's flip back over to Luke 2, where this, uh, the basis of this is going. And you're going to see within this context how Jesus, Mary and Joseph brought him, just as I referred to today, to the temple to present him. Just like what the scripture talks about. But who else was there? Was it just Mary and Joseph and the high priest? Let's take a look. And when eight days had passed, before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb, which all of us do in the naming ceremony at the home. It's a smaller community, a tighter piece of what we are here, and they named the child And when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what was laid in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Interesting it says it there because if you look back in the scriptures in the Torah itself, that was for the poor. The, the more wealthy, the ones that could afford it, it was a higher price to pay. But here we can tell that Mary and Joseph weren't well off. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Okay, so now we're about to get into the community of faith, right? It's not just Mary and Joseph. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. That is the Messiah. And he came to the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child, Jesus, to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, You are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles. That is a great verse, isn't it, for us? We wouldn't be here today if he wasn't a light to us. Thank God he brought us into the family. And the glory of your people Israel and his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. Couldn't we say that? Shouldn't we be encouraging and supporting to Steve and Katie? Shouldn't we be encouraging and supporting to those in the congregation who are struggling with infancy? Because it's tiring. They're not getting sleep. They may say they did the first two weeks. They're on the high, let me tell you. But after that, it's tiring and it's wearing. But they can, if we're encouraging them with the words that are needed, it, it's that much more helpful. And so it says there <clears throat> that they they took those words, right? And they it was impressed on their hearts. Um, and his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. 
And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed, and a sword will pierce even your own soul, to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Wow. Continuing on to to prophesy and tell her what was to happen, even though she may not fully understand it. Did it stop there? No, it went on. There was another person that came up at his um, presentation and dedication to his heavenly father. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple, serving night and day with fasting and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of Him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. You see, we have these two elders in the congregation that are saying, thank you for bringing them and following in God's ways. I've actually had visions about him, right? What a blessing to continue to encourage and support them through this process. The two upcoming verses are two of the most important, I think, as we move forward in, as a congregation in the Disciple Center. When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city of Nazareth. See, it's pretty easy. You do what God says. You came here. You're on a high. You're doing all this. And now you go back home. That's the hard part. How do we continue to encourage those parents? How does that child grow in God's word? Says the child. Continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. can ask nothing more than for every one of these children to grow in the grace and knowledge and wisdom of the Lord. That is our prayer for them as they grow older. It starts in the home, but we all have our different impressions that we can impart on them as they grow up. If they stay the night in your home, what are you doing? How are you imparting the wisdom of the Lord? How are we encouraging the parents? Linda Stokes replied to my email, and she said, When I stand... I dedicate myself to be a godly grandmother, one that will support the parents and one that they can reflect and hopefully see God's love. Another parent actually said, when I did bring my sons unto the Lord, it was a reminder to me that they are not mine. They were given to me as a responsibility to God and from God. So what I need, is what she said was, what I need is encouraging words, support when I'm struggling. What are you going to do? What are you going to help in the raising of these children? When you stand up, is that all you're doing is standing up? Because if that's the case, you need to sit back down. I've actually said and encouraged even Extended family members, I remember having a talk, because it's a social norm whenever the majority of the congregation steps stands up at these pieces. And I said, what are you doing? Right, this is my family. I said, 
What are you going to do for that baby as they grow up? You're not here very often. And it stopped that person in their tracks and they said, I don't know. Later on, we got to talking. They said, you know what? I'm not around them. I probably won't be except for a couple times a year. They said, what I will do, though, when I do stand there, is I will remember them in my prayers. That's great for the associate member that Bruce, you know, Bruce was talking about associate membership. That's great if you're here and you're not here very often to step up. Write down the name. Pray for them a few times every year. We need that. The one that's going to help us raise them is hearing your voice on those children. What are we going to do as a congregation to come together to have these strong, I know they're going to be strong, conversations because we all have different ways of raising our children. But if you're walking in God's ways, it shouldn't really matter. We can have different um, disciplinary actions. We can have different ways of when we feed our kid, if you feed them at 4 o'clock versus 6 or 7 o'clock every night, I don't really care about that. But how are we going to come together and impress on them these words of God so that it is so much impressed when they shed from time to time their clothes and their generation, right? Because they all go through these different phases in life. Some of them are teenagers now. My goodness, how time flies. But we want this impressed upon them. And how do we do it as a congregation? So, yes, I said it's going to be shorter, but I'm also expecting some type of communication about that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer now.